everyone. Welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Mark is here. Mark, we just gallivanted all over Southern Nevada the last few days. We saw Durango. We went to Laughlin. On this show, we talk about Durango and Excalibur. More to come with your stay at Luxor and uh, our road trip to Laughlin, where, you know, you made fun of me the entire time while I drove you around like an Uber driver. So a lot of fun <laughs> stuff on this show and to come on future shows. And we hit the uh, the dirty trifecta. We talked about the dirty bird, the dirty pyramid, and the dirty castle. Doesn't get better than that. And we wonder why we don't get media access anywhere uh, for that. But this is a great show. We're going to talk about Durango. We're going to talk about the world's largest hot tub at Circa and a lot of other stuff along the way. Wayne Newton killing it. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We do the two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, release them here as a podcast. If you like the show, consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see that video of Circus Circus? All of the cameras covered. It looked like a scene straight out of Ocean's Eleven. Maybe some hijinks was happening. Yeah, somebody going to be stealing bed bugs? I don't know. I don't know what you're taking at Circus Circus. The Pepto-Bismol paint, and maybe they were, they were running low on it. I don't know. Somebody must have done something, given the crowd over there at Circus Circus. What would you do if you knew the cameras weren't watching? Go steal all the toys from the, <laughs> from the games, I guess. What else is there to take? <laughs> World's largest hot tub party is back at Stadium Swim at Circa Las Vegas. I think they did this last year. That's why I'm saying it's back because I remember talking about this. But basically, they're warming all their pools anywhere between 93 and 103 degrees. You can watch sports out there. It's pretty cold in Las Vegas right now. You were just here. So this can be a nice way to sort of enjoy the Fremont Street experience while staying warm. Yeah, I did get in the water, too, this weekend, and it was cold. Not a pool, an actual river, but we'll talk about that in another show. (laughs) So I've been there in February and fully clothed, and it was cold when the sun went down. So I don't know. I always make jokes about pee and pool. And you know nobody's getting out of that water because <laughs> as soon as you stand up, it's going to be terrible. So if you go, just imagine that it's going to be like 40% pee. I don't know. As someone who's visited there on a very cold, windy winter day, the pools are great to get into. But as you said, uh, getting out can be bad. And the wind on that deck can be nasty if, if it's particularly windy. Yeah. But for games, I mean, what, what better way to watch? To peeing in the pool. You just admitted it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't be in the pool. They didn't let us in the pool long enough during that. If you remember, that was a storm and they kicked yeah. us all out of the pool and gave us cabanas. So that wasn't a problem. But uh, yeah, not a better way to watch sports, I think, in the wintertime. And it's so neat that they do this and that they allow this to be open all year round. As people know, I think this is a surprise to most people who visit Vegas in for the first time, like in the winter, that most of the pools are closed. A lot of people, I think, you know, have this vision of Vegas being tropical or something, but not tropical this time of year. No, I mean, it gets really cold, sometimes snow. Occasionally, it'll snow a little bit. And I've been there in December and January, and it's not that much better than being in the Midwest, to be honest, at times. And a lot of times I'll go in March, and it's just randomly, we used to go for March Madness, and it would always be warmer at home than it was in Vegas, which... I found shocking. You know, it's probably happened like two or three years in a row. It was always kind of crazy. So Christmas is right around the corner and Hanukkah is going on right now. Happy Hanukkah to everybody who celebrates it out there. And there's a great holiday gift. And I was reminded on Twitter, I think Las Vegas locally asked people what are some of the best Vegas gifts. Maybe we can cover some of the other ones on a future show. But I want to remind everybody of the official 
light bulb from the Las Vegas sign that you can buy. Uh, it's either $30 for just sort of the light bulb, or you can go up and get like gift sets to go all the way up to $150. What's really cool is you can choose the date of them, and then they give you a serial number. And if people who have watched this show for a long time know that you gave me one of these a couple years ago as a gift. We have no affiliation with them. I just think it's a really cool gift for somebody who loves Las Vegas. And it's so unique that you can pick a date. I forget what, it, I don't know if I picked like the first episode of MTMV. I don't remember what date I picked. There, there was some date that I picked for a reason, <laughs> but I don't remember what it was, but it's kind of unique. I don't know where they store all these and if it's even worth it, who knows? They could just be giving you any random light bulb and saying it was from that date, but it's kind of crazy how far back you can go and pick one. And as you know, a history lesson, I suppose, the Young Electric Sign Company owns that sign and they're the ones who sell these bulbs. So they are the ones doing it. So we'll put a link in the description. It's just directly to them and uh, you can do it. It's a great holiday gift. So we got to Durango finally. And you know, we talked on the last show based on viewing social media posts and videos on what we thought of it. And then we went and saw it for ourselves. So this is sort of interesting because it gives you a good idea of what the difference between seeing something on social media and seeing it in person felt very different, right? Yeah. I mean, on, on social media, it looked like the, the ceilings were pretty low or lower and and we, when we first walked in, we noticed that wasn't the case. I mean, they're not like two stories or, or three stories level of, of height, but it's a decent height. It's not as cramped as it felt in the video. And then, you know, I said uh, on the last episode that it looked like the indoor outdoor space was actually indoor because of the drone video and the way it was captured by the drone made it look like it was all walled in. But it actually is outside. It was pretty cold out there. They had a, a couple heaters. Uh, but it wasn't enough uh, for what you wanted. Nobody was playing any of the yard games because it was just too cold. It was very cold. And in fact, at first we sat indoors right near the door to go outside and we were so cold that we had to move. We got there about 11 a.m. and it wasn't all that busy. You know, it was a few people here and there. And then by the time we left at like 2 or 2.30, it was packed. Uh, the food court, the hall of foods, as they call it. Let's start there. This is a beautiful space, perhaps the nicest food hall in all of Las Vegas. Every eatery has its own look and feel yet it feels like one cohesive space, maybe a little smaller than it needs to be uh, considering the demand on it. But the smells in there were incredible. This is the first food hall where I went through and there was like four or five places that I wanted to try. Prince Street Pizza is a place we talked about before, very popular. The line was like 40 or 50 people long to get pizza. So we didn't get to try it, but have to go back there for that. What did you think of the quote unquote food hall? Yeah, it's the first one I wouldn't call a food court. Like it actually felt like a food hall that you see overseas. Very unique in independent places. It didn't feel, you know, like they were just grabbing fast food names from around the country and throwing it in a place. Like this seemed a step above that, I would say. And everything looked great, smelled great. The oyster bar had a really cool display sitting out there where it was really colorful. The pizza smelled amazing. The Italian place smelled great. And we probably should have grabbed pizza when we first got there because it wasn't terribly busy, uh, but we weren't really hungry at that point. By the time we left, it was crazy and definitely not enough seating for that area. And I know that was a complaint uh, some had on Twitter and stuff. It's beautiful and it all is cohesive and the seating makes sense, but they just didn't make enough space. And I think that's going to be the problem with it. If it stays really busy, I don't know. I'm guessing they're expecting it to dip off a bit, but for the first couple months, it's going to be, you know, tough to get around in there, I think. So the casino itself does feel a little tight and small. As we talked about, they built, yeah, they built this place <laughs> kind of small and, you know, they plan to expand it. And you feel that there are 2,300 slot machines on the casino floor and they feel very tightly packed in. That's probably my only complaint about the casino itself. I like the ceilings. I like the color. 
there is tons of natural light, big windows on both sides of this casino. And if you look at the color schemes, it sort of filters in with the natural light and it just feels bright and airy. And I'm going to say that decor wise, this is the nicest local casino floor in all of Las Vegas. This is the nicest local casino property in all of Las Vegas. This is notably a step above Red Rock or Green Valley Ranch. I want to say all that because we're going to talk about, you know, the few negatives here and there, like the space in the casino. But overall, the bright, airy feel, the materials used, even the carpets, I wasn't sure about those brown kind of carpets, but they work really well. The carpets in the sports book were great. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what are your overall feels of the property? And then I want to talk about the sports book because I really love that. Yeah, it was very, very, it's probably the tightest casino I can remember being in, in the slot area. The table games felt fine. And I did see like $15 tables and $25 tables. So on a Saturday afternoon, that's not terrible and, and better than you would see on the strip. I did read somewhere that it was all six to five tables for blackjack. So that's kind of a negative, especially for a local casino. But in the slot area, it's just like, if you're cutting through the casino floor, it's tough to get around. If people are sitting at that, I can't even imagine i know a lot of the uh, drink staff the serving staff was complaining about that just trying to get around the machines that might be a problem for getting drinks in a timely service it's going you know people are going to get bumped and spill and and then the atm machines are like jammed right on top of where people are trying to play games there's just no seclusion at all like you're just on top of people when it's really busy and and i think i don't think slot players are going to love that so hopefully when they do the expansion they kind of you know declutter it by like 20 25 because it just is really really cramped in that area yeah there are a ton of rows where if you had somebody on a slot on both sides where they would be basically their chairs would be touching back to back. That's how close these are. Uh, so you have to like stick to the main walkways. Side Definitely walk. noticeable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, what about the view? I uh, did the Vegas hack where you go up to the top of the parking garage. Did you enjoy that beautiful view of Las Vegas? Yeah, I love the wall view because they they built those walls. <laughs> Unlike Luxor, where you could easily fall over the railing 20 stories down, they were not messing around with that at all. It was like probably seven feet tall. There's no going to get a good view up there unless you're going to stand on top of your car. Yeah, it is nuts how high the walls are. I, that's usually something I do on every parking garage. Go to the top, get great views. I was able to film over it just because I'm tall enough, but not even able to see over it. Like, think you're right. Seven feet tall is about what it was definitely over my head. All right, let's talk about the sports book, the George. That's that, you know, sportsman grill has the outdoor space. The sports book has this incredible bar with these wraparound screens, giant screens everywhere, beautiful checkered carpet. Like you said, there's games outside. I'm going to put it out there. This is the best sports book in all of Las Vegas. It beats Circa's sports book because you can do the traditional stuff there, but it's more than that. It, we've seen sports books kind of either become sports bars or traditional sports books. I feel like this mixes the two perfectly. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. And I would say like going back to Vegas, would I go back to Durango? I think it's beautiful. The food halls are are nice and all that. I probably wouldn't go to gamble because I'm not tied into their network. If I lived there, maybe that would be a different story. But as far as tourist perspective, I probably wouldn't go for that, but I would go to hang out and watch a game, you know, maybe make a bet there, make a bet somewhere else, but just go there to watch the game and, and sit. They had a really nice outdoor bar with tabletop games that include a blackjack, not the best uh, blackjack setup, but they had that. And then they inside the wraparound bar and then big screens as well. My one Negative, I would say, is a lot of the tables had reserved for VIP players, which that could be a problem on a busy uh, day or weekend. You know, if you're there to watch games, you might want to get there a little bit earlier. But we found a spot along the sofa and everything that that you could sit at. So there definitely is room for that outside, I think is going to be great. 
you know, in the shoulder season, maybe not peak summer. It might be a little hot unless they have misters, but I do think they knocked it out of the park with that. And that's the one thing that would draw me back to go and check it out. Yeah. To summarize, this place is incredible. It's not perfect, but the vibe, the open airy feel, the modern sort of desert decor, it all works for me. And casinos in 2023 look a lot better than they used to. I think that's sort of the takeaway as we see more pictures of Fountain Blue is uh, that things have evolved. And while not perfect, they really nailed it with the food hall with the decor and they decided to squeeze a few too many slot machines but that's about my biggest complaint everyone out there should go see it it's a great property and worth a trip from the strip i think definitely a much better vibe than the m uh, <laughs> than m resort uh which i don't know if we're going to talk about that today or in a future show uh that one fell a little flat for me it was beautiful inside but just no life in that casino where Durango definitely had a buzz to it. And I know it's brand new opening, but I think it will stay that way and it will draw that type of crowd. Yeah, no life at all at M. We'll talk about that on a future show. We're going to talk all about our trip to Laughlin, everything we did. We went to the Spiegel World Town. We did a ton of stuff. So we'll have that special show with all of that and we can trash the M there. Let's trash the Raiders, though, for a second. Did you see the Vikings score? The Vikings came to town. Uh, Allegiant Stadium was full of purple, very little black in there. And I guess it was 0-0 going into the fourth quarter, and the Vikings won 3 to nothing. So that's the excitement in sports this weekend in Las Vegas. Although the NBA was in town for their in-season tournament, uh, tons of stuff going on. It was so busy in town this weekend. But the Raiders... 3-0. Have you ever seen a game that uh, bad? No, not since like 1942. I don't I don't think it might be the worst game in NFL history is, is how bad like just punt, 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 fumble, interception, like no, nothing happening, which is, is just sad. I mean, <laughs> one, I know the Vikings have their backup quarterback. The Raiders have been pretty bad. Coach fired all that stuff. You think they'd be able to put up a few points here and there. I mean, it's not like they haven't beaten anybody since Cousins went down, but yeah, I couldn't imagine paying for those tickets and then sitting there and watching that snooze fest. <laughs> I hope everybody bet the under. I mean, that was the easiest win ever. So in other sports-related news, the UNLV Running Rebels just hit 1,200 straight games with a three-pointer. That is an NCAA record, and that's basically every game since 1986 when the NCAA started tracking it. So while UNLV Running Rebels, the basketball team hasn't been as prominent on the national stage over the last couple decades, you know, they had little pops here and there. They're keeping this three-point record going, which is quite a feat considering all the teams in Division One basketball. Yeah, and I didn't even know this was the thing. So that, I found it really interesting. I love college basketball. And you wouldn't think it's such a big deal to hit 1-3, but, you know, just especially early on when the, the, the game was so focused on down low scoring in the post and people didn't jack up threes like they do now. Like now every team shoots, you know, 20, 25 threes a game where back then you might get a handful some games. So it's really impressive that they did it. And now I wonder if they're stressed each night until they hit that three, you know, thinking that it's a thing and, and paying attention to it. As a reminder, our Patreon is now going. We do a weekly after show. You can listen to it as a podcast. You can watch it. We have a ton of fun over there. We'll have a lot of behind the scenes of our Laughlin trip on our Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. Hope to see you there. And thanks to everybody for their support. Did you see this video of Wayne Newton playing the violin? He's 81 years old. He's at Flamingo. I looked it up. There's 72 more shows that he has scheduled as of now through June of 2024 for people who want to go see him. And he is moving around that stage and just, I mean, I don't know that a lot of 81 year olds who could play an instrument like that. Yeah, I think I'd throw out my back 
you know, playing it like that now. And <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, props to him. He's such a, just such a cool dude. And I'm excited to see him still doing it. And everybody that wants to see him before he, you know, hangs it up, definitely get out there and do it. I've never actually been to a show, um, but it looks like it's a, a good time. And he just seems so like he loves it. And he loves, you know, talking to people and seeing people and just a, a genuine person, which is a, a rarity these days. Yeah. If you read reviews from people who have seen the show lately, all five star reviews, everybody's loving it. He tells stories. You know, his voice isn't what it was, so he's making up for it in other ways. And based on this video, uh, he's doing a great job. So he's at Flamingo, and keep him in mind for a future trip uh, if you're coming to Vegas. As we've said before, he's not going to be around forever. All right, well, speaking of dirty, let's talk about the Dirty Castle. And uh, for C-Note Vegas, we went out to see the center bar, and it wasn't open yet. It looked like they were installing some of the electronics for the machines at the bar so any day it should be open it sits right in the middle of the walkway from the entrance basically in the middle of the casino floor in excalibur kind of breaking up the walkways a little bit but it is investment in here i think it looks pretty nice you seem to like the casino more than i did i am more of a fan of luxor but you're an excalibur fanboy now yeah i mean i thought the center bar looked really nice the the rumor is they're going to close down the lobby bar i think is what he said but it's been delayed the other rumor was the sherwood forest bar which i'm glad that isn't uh, on the chopping block that's kind of cool we even pointed out the sign and like an old school sign for it uh, so i'm glad that's staying around i think it's a, a decent casino it's better than i remember i haven't been like stayed in there since 2008 2009 something like that it felt just like grimier back then so I, I feel like they've you know updated it a bit we saw some new wood trim around the place i love all the stained glass everywhere uh so between the two the dirty castle or the uh, dirty pyramid I would definitely gamble in the dirty castle. Uh, I don't love the casino of Luxor. It's smoky. It's kind of tight. All that. I love the atrium area. I wish they would have put some games up there instead. I don't know about the rooms, though. I imagine Luxor is probably a little bit step up on the rooms, I guess, if you can call it that. Well, we'll talk about the Luxor rooms on the next show because you had a suite there and there's a lot to say about your room that you had uh, that we don't have time for now. But Excalibur, the best parts of that place are where you still see the theming from before where they haven't removed it. Like you said, the stained glass some of the rock work unfortunately it is getting removed slowly and you're putting in some of those like you said modern you know laminate woods type trims and other stuff it does blend okay in certain spots like there's a brand new modern starbucks sitting right in the middle of everything it doesn't fit there it looks great and modern but it doesn't fit everything else that's around it. But, you know, it's good to see that they're investing a little bit in Excalibur. It's not the worst place in the world. It's not a dump by any means and not my no. preferred place, but, you know, uh, to each their own. Wouldn't you say it's one of the easier casinos on the Strip to, like, navigate, though? You know, because it's just kind of like a cross and you it's not a labyrinth or anything. And the pyramid's a little bit weird at times trying to find the right elevators and you know, different stairwells are tucked in different places. We've talked about Caesars, how it's hodgepodge, Caesars Palace, and, and tough to get around. I feel like Excalibur, you can kind of see everything that, you know, and you can figure out where you need to go. So I like that about it. And it definitely has the best arcade in Vegas, right? You got to say that down in the basement. <laughs> Love the Midway. Grew up at that Midway. Always brings back great vibes. Although Circus Circus is, is better, I think, because it's just more open uh, at Excalibur's down in work. the basement. <laughs> 
the crazy thing is the moving walkway going in now that's been blocked off for a while but did you see they put drywall over the opening where it goes from outdoor to indoor i guess to keep the heat inside so it doesn't look like that moving walkway is coming back at all anytime soon it's all boarded up and that's not a good way to arrive at any property so i don't know what the heck mgm is doing either take it out or fix it but it just looks bad when you're arriving at this property and there's drywall just exposed drywall blocking off a moving walkway yeah i think uh, the rock thing doesn't work for me either when they drain the water that was my first time seeing it in person and i think it looks nice if you're just looking at the rocks but for what it is and where it is, it's kind of stupid. I, I don't like it at all. So I will say that. I, I mean, I'd go there and have a drink with a C-Note and hang out at the Dirty Castle. It, it's better than I remembered or had built up in my mind. Let's say it that way. I, I can't mention the rooms. I, I haven't been in those in forever. When we stayed there... It was definitely 1980s. It had the big comforter, the old, you know, wood backboards that were just, you know, had been beat up and the dark wood furniture and everything. It was pretty horrible back in 2008, but I don't know how they compare uh, to Luxor. But casino wise, I would take the Dirty Castle. I don't know. Your room sounds amazing to me. Big beat up backboards and comforters and all that good stuff. Excalibur, great piece of history. Not my favorite place. Definitely not as bad as a lot of people say. So head over there, enjoy a drink. Yeah, they got Del Taco. They got every fast food thing in their food court. They got a buffet. Oh, they got, they got Pizza Buca Hut. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll even insult you over at uh, Dick's Last Resort. So what could, what more could you want in a casino? Let us know what you guys think about Excalibur, about Durango, the negatives that we said. Do you agree with those? Do you think those aren't a problem? And have you ever gotten a light bulb from the Las Vegas sign? All of that stuff. Hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. And we'll be back in a couple days with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Yeah, we need to do Tournament of the Kings still, too. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, ripping apart food with your hands. What's better than that? <laughs> Isn't that every day? Uh, have, a good, have a good week, everybody. <laughs>